Hello and welcome back to The Shakedown, an F1 and motorsports learning podcast. My name is Ellie and along with Moni and Hannah we are learning about F1 and many other motorsports series too. In this episode we are rounding up the whole of 2023, including our favourite drivers, moments of the year and a roundup of all the many, many records that Max Verstappen has broken this year. As always, if you want to get in touch or have suggestions of things you want to know about, you can find us on Instagram at PrettyGirlF1Club and on Twitter at PGF1C. Or you can follow us on TikTok at PGF1C. But for now, enjoy! Hello everybody and welcome back to The Shakedown. Oh my Hello. god. Hello. Guys, this it's is the a- end of the season. I know. We made it. Crazy. We've done our first season. We I did. A couple of weeks late. Okay, it's okay. like still, we've done our first season. Like we've made it to the off season, which I don't know if I'm happy about or sad about yet. How, what, like, what's your general feeling? Like your overall vibe of the season finishing? Are you like, okay, I'm glad that's done, or are you like, I miss it already? It's my first one, so I don't know yet. I feel like I was spoiled last year because I had like a bunch of content to catch up on because like sure. it was my first time ever. Like wanting to caring about like the sport and like the drivers and like the way I do now so it's like I had a bunch of things to watch as it backlogged versus now I'm like I guess I'm rewatching my favorite YouTube moments of these humans and counting down the day to the Secret Santa video I mean let's be real it's the content that we're all really here for facts I couldn't I couldn't love any piece of content more than I love the Secret Santa video I'm so excited for it but I also don't think it's the same. Yeah, I mean, it's been like what at time of recording three days since the last GB, mm-hmm. and yeah. normally yeah. we're used to longer than that. And we've had a double header, so I think there's a bit of me right now that's a bit like. <sighs> but I know in like two, three, four weeks' time, I'll be like, mm, "Where did my cars go?" And by January, I'll be like. What do I even do with my life for these first eight weeks? So we'll see. I don't know if it's set in yet. My media person in me is not quite done. I still have to do our end of year video and I am struggling to find the sound that I need, but it's fine. We're fine. So I'm, you know, not quite done yet. But once I think I'm done with that and we're just kind of doing off season content, it'll set in that we can just do whatever we want. I'm not really on a schedule anymore to, you know, have things out. So it'll really settle in, I think, when I'm done with that video. Yeah. But... The recap video. Right. Because last year I got it out, like, mid-December. We're going to try and get it out this week, guys. I promise. Um, (laughs) Either way, we are proud of you. You get it out and you get it out, girl. But, yeah. I don't know if it's really set in, mostly because I really did not pay attention to this weekend, apart from the race, because I wasn't allowed to. I just couldn't um, do the work. So... It's kind of yeah, just Black not... Friday weekend in retail. Woo! What up? So <laughs> Great I don't weekend know. for everyone. Totally. So we'll see. I mean, there's definitely other series we can watch, like come January, Formula E starts. Mm-hmm. So like there is other things that we can do with ourselves that involves cars, but it's not our roots, which is, you know, a little depressing. But yeah. Yeah. How many movies on um, Race of Champions yet? Because typically that's January. That but I know January. they I haven't seen any announcements of the 2024 I lineup. Either. And no, I haven't either. Maybe it's not. I know. I know it can't take place at the place that it has for the last couple of years. There was an issue with the the venue hosting. I can't remember all the details, but yeah, I'm not sure if that's going to be going ahead. To be honest, so I guess we shall 
think maybe, but that's probably the closest we're getting to a race like that for 2024, or like January 2024. So what we thought we'd do today is we thought we'd have a little recap of the season. And a lot of this is just going to be our opinions. A lot of it's going to be like how we all feel about it, having, as Mom said, her first season. Like, it's just nice to to sort of reflect back and look back. And now that it's over, I think you do see things a little bit differently. So we're going to, you know, do a few questions, a few little topics. But first of all, I wanted to get from you guys, who is your driver of the year? No right or wrong answer. I would obviously love your justification as to why. But I just want to know, who who is it for each of you? I think for me, I'm going to go with Lando. Mm. Which is interesting from just because, like, if you were to ask me who my favorite drivers were at the start of the season, like, when I, like, actually started watching, I don't think he would have been in the top, like, the first five names I would mention be like, this is a driver that's, like, my favorite driver. And, like, not, in fact, I'm not a fan of the team. I'm a fan of, like, the specific driver and want them to do well. Mm -hmm. And I think Lando, for me, grew to be that as the season went on, especially with how McLaren started in the beginning of the year and how they ended. I think that just, like, was, like, his perseverance is, like, going, like, the rough start of the year to where he finished now, like, fighting Max for podiums, even if it was for, like, five laps. Like, he was there, and, like, it's, I guess, hope for the future of, like, what they can do if, like, they continue developing the car well as, like, a whole. Like, so driver specifically at Lando, which is, I think, for me, is, like, a surprise when it comes to that. Mm, that's a good question so i also think lando did really well this year and he is up there for me the one thing that takes away from me calling him my driver of the year was and yes we are all human but his attitude in the very beginning of the season was so lackluster and so off-putting that i can't like it's i understand the mentality i do however the pr training flew out of his left ear and (laughs) just goodbye I oh, see that endears me more. That endears me more to him. I think that's I like him more because of that. Yeah, Maybe that's so it's because by Ellie saying. Listen, I don't dislike him because of it. I like as a fan, I understand it. But as somebody who is PR professional, that mm-hmm. is a nightmare, and I cannot. And to me, being a driver is yes, it is most driving that car but it's also being a personality especially in this day and age Mm -hmm. so i can't give him that in my opinion but i totally understand why you say that for me i think alex albon yeah alex not only i was gonna say oscar because he did really well but we all expected oscar to do really well because it's oscar Mm -hmm. i hate to say it that way but it's oscar Alex, we didn't know how he would yeah. do. We kind of had a benchmarker for, you know, we knew he would be successful to an extent. We didn't know to what extent he would have, who he would be as successful as he is, as he was this season, mm-hmm. getting them to P7, getting, you know, being able to push the car when it wasn't to par, two points mm-hmm. when it counted. Yep. Like, that's, that for me, that counts, and he was you know, level-headed through all of it, Mm -hmm. understanding he helped his teammate. That's another thing for me is you need to help your rookie teammate. I'm sorry. Yeah. They, you know, they're Mm. new. They're babies. Mm. You have to, you have to be the mentor, whether you signed up for it or not. And I think that's this unspoken agreement. 
you have yeah. to help your mentor. Your, you have to mentor your rookie. Yeah. You've been on the grid. Yeah. You know, you, when you look at Williams' points tally, and this isn't like to shade Logan in any way, but of those 27 points that they got, he got 26. Like, he mm-hmm. did a really phenomenal team job. And actually, them getting P7 in the Constructors' Championship for the first time. This, it's the first time in my memory of watching that they weren't P10. They, mm-hmm. they, this is a huge deal for them. It's a huge deal for all of Williams. And you're absolutely right. He was absolutely incredible all season. And so, well done, him. What a good job. Who's your answer, Ellie? Mine would probably be Alex as well, both personally and uh, for all the reasons that Hannah said. But since you've said that, I will give you my backup answer, which in some respects has to be inevitable. But if you want to talk about who is the driver of the year, mm-hmm. it has to be Mac. That's true. Yeah, I was trying not to say Max. Well, and, and you, you know, absolutely right too. But love him or hate him, he absolutely is the driver of the year. So I have got for you guys his list of records oh no that he's broken this year so the the records that, that he has now set in 2023 and first of all i'd like you to guess how many there are 10 i'm gonna say there's at least i'm gonna put a minimum on my answer here because i don't really <laughs> i'm gonna say there's at least 15 so officially there are 17 i have an extra two in there that aren't officially records because they weren't ever counted as things before but are notable enough to particularly people who've watched for a while so i'm gonna go down them in no particular order most wins in a season 19 wins and a win percentage of 86 percent 86 percent of the races he won most wins in a country so he won every gp in the u.s which is the first time someone has won three races in one country in a season and when I read that, I was a bit like, yeah, but like, how many times have there been three races in a country in a season? And actually, that's three times. Could you name either of the other two times? 2020, right? Yeah. 2020 and 1973. It was, it was the last time there was three in the US. Yeah. So 1982 in 1982. Long Beach, Detroit and Vegas. Mm-hmm. One of the ve- other Vegas ones. And then, like, as Moni said, um, in Italy in 2020, because they had Monza, Mugello, and Imola. So, yeah, first time someone has been able to win all three in, in a season. Um, most consecutive wins. So, he ran 10 in a row. He broke Seb's record in Zandvoort, but he carried on till Monza. So, he won 10 from Miami to Monza. Most wins from pole in a season. He converted every single one of his pole positions into victory, which means he won 12 races from pole this season. Most consecutive wins from pole position. So the past 16 times he's had pole position, he has won the race. Most hat-tricks in a season. Now, a hat-trick is when they get pole position, the race win, and the fastest lap on a Grand Prix, Grand Prix weekend. He has six hat-tricks this year, which are Spain, Austria, the UK, or Silverstone, um, Japan, Qatar, and Abu Dhabi. Now, this is different to a Grand Slam. Can you tell me what the difference is between a hat-trick and a Grand Slam? They win the, they're the first in the practice sessions as well, I'm assuming. Nope. Not quite. Can do you know? Grand Slam is leading every lap. Yeah. Uh-huh. So Grand Slam is when they lead every single lap of the race. So the first time I remember it being mentioned was when Charles won it in Australia in 22. So he got 
There was back to back Grand Slams. There was Charles and then Max. Yeah, last so year did back to back Grand Slams. It's pole fastest lap, win the race, and lead every single lap of it. So it's pure dominance. So, but I don't actually think he got a Grand Slam this year. He did not. So he got the most points in the season, which is a record of his home that he beat. So he got 575 points, Jesus. which is just mad. And I'll come on to some later records of particularly why that's so excessively bad. He got the most podiums in the season. So of the 22 races, he stood on the podium how many times? 22. 21. 21. Oh, Not in Singapore. There was that one but race. So, well, so there has only been one time in F1 history that someone has stood on the podium at every single race. Could you name the driver? Or the year? Michael Schumacher. Absolutely right. Han, can you name, name the year? Oh, no. Mm, 2000. Yep. 2001. And... Two. Two. 2002. Two. So that is the only time that he stood on the podium every single race, which is insane. So next one is most consecutive top two finishes. He had 15 consecutive top two finishes. So, obviously, in Baku and Bahrain, when Checo won, Checo won. Mm-hmm. He, though, he, had, he finished P2 in all of those. So, he had consecutive top two finishes. Most laps led in a season. Over 1,000. Uh, 1,003. Mm-hmm. And counting. So, he, but the original record of the number of laps led in a season which was Sebastian Vettel's at 739, he broke in Qatar. So in Qatar, not only did he lock up the championship for the year, but he also broke the record in the most laps led, and he still had like five Grand Prix and two sprint races left at that point. Truly, it was ridiculous. He also got the highest percentage of laps led in the season. So he this year he led a percentage of 75.54% of all of the laps. You know that in the Grand Prix whatever percent matters. That so tw- so he led three quarters of the season. He was he was the leading car on a lap three quarters of the season. Absolutely mad. Now this one was a really weird one, like, but I really loved it. I love weird ones. So he broke the record for most pit stops by a winning driver in one race. So think back to Zandvoort. Terribly wet. Made six pit stops. And yeah. still managed to win the race. So you've got like the intermediate tyres, slicks, wet, dry, wet, dry. He changed his, his tyres six times. Now, it was, whilst he wins the record, he sort of doesn't, he equals the record. Do you know what other race and what other driver shares that record with him? So they, they changed the car, they changed tyres six times and still won the race. They mentioned I mean, we all know that if you look back to the first. Yep, if you look back to the first race of the season, Lando did pit seven times, but he didn't win the race. He just had an issue with the, mm-hmm. with the calling. I was going to say not Lando. We have, but... we have spoken about this race before. Yeah, we have. We have mentioned it on the podcast. So, yeah, I will give you a clue. It was in your hemisphere. Oh, 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 wait, 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 wait. And that's not the one I was thinking of. Oh, oh, in point? our hemisphere, not yeah. our, okay, hang on a second. So it was Brazil. No. It's not the one I was thinking of. I'm trying to think of wet races. It's always a wet race. It's literally always a wet wet race. And it's in North America, but it's not America. Canada. 
Mm-hmm. Which year? Was it? Oh, oh, 2011. Yes. Oh. 10 points down. Ah. Yes, Yankton Button in 2011, yes. one of the most iconic races. Mon, if you haven't watched it, add it to your list because truly, right. truly dramatic. That list is and going yes. <laughs> Well, spoil, spoiler, Jensen Button wins the race. And Shocker. he does six pit stops, but it's a truly phenomenal race. So, yes, he equaled that record. Now, this is another completely baffling one. I know. Wolf champions, we love it. <laughs> so, truly shows his dominance. Like, for me, this is one of the ones that you literally is jaw-dropping. He broke the record for the biggest points gap between first and second. Mm-hmm. So... There was a 290-point gap over second place, Checo Perez. Almost double Perez's total. Like, we've said it before. He could have won the Constructors' Championship on his own, which is just mad. Akin to that, it's the highest percentage points difference between first and second in the championship in history. So it's like a gap of nearly 50%. So 49.5% was the difference between these two. So truly an incredibly dominant season. He also won the broke the record for most races left in the season before the championship win. So he he got the title with six Grand Prix left because he got it on the Saturday as well. That includes the Qatar Grand Prix, but he had it with six races to go, which is another record that he shares with somebody. Can you guess who? Michael Schumacher. If in doubt, it probably is. Yeah. And Seb, again, that was 2002. Yeah. Or Seb, yeah. Yeah, 2002, um, Schumacher also won the title with six races left. So he now holds the record for most consecutive points scored. So he has scored 1,004 points consecutively, previously held by Lewis Hamilton until Sakir 2020, when he got COVID and couldn't race, but otherwise he had consistently finished in the points and then this is the last official one is that he broke the record for most consecutive races as championship leader now what that means is that the person who is p1 in the driver's standings has had consecutive races Mm -hmm. still holding that title does that make sense yeah Mm -hmm. so he took it from charles in imola in 22 Mm -hmm. and so has held it for 39 consecutive Grand Prix. He has been P1 in the championship for 39 consecutive Grand Prix. And then the final two, which are not entirely official, but are still massively fascinating. He is the first driver to ever win the Big Four. Now, if I say Big Four, what four do you think? Spoiler, none of them are in America. Like Monaco? Yep. Silverstone? Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Think about original races. Uh, the OGs. So not Interlagos. No, all they're Monza. all in Europe. All of them are in Europe. Monza Spa. There you go. So he's won Spa, Silverstone, Monza, and Monaco this year for the first time. No one's ever won those four in the same year, and he's also the first driver to win every single race in Europe. Wait a minute. Which one did he lose? Oh no, he lost. He lost. Uh, he lost Singapore. No, 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 no. I was thinking of about the big four last year yeah uh so yeah truly truly casual incredibly dominant year so yeah we talk drivers of the year and i'm you know we're really happy to have our own drivers of the year and that's fine but again 
a ridiculously dominant year for him and hats off to him he's done an incredible job he made my cousin who doesn't care about sports start caring about one particular sport which is f1 and she now sends me content related to max Verstappen. so that's a win in my book <laughs> i love that well done her well done you for getting her into it uh so so that's our driver of the year now team of the year williams baby once again if you were asked me at the beginning of the year if williams would have been like my favorite team or one of my favorite teams what is it now but here we are i'm a williams girly and i think it's just the the growth of the year like they, that they i had. love that and like the yeah. alex and logan relationship and just both of them have grown to be some of the drivers i like to follow and like i can't wait to see their content when they do drop it so williams for I me i love that hannah yes i agree with williams i have to say red bull you can't create a car like that and not be named team of the year max and it's the same as the max thing isn't it like obviously yeah. they've also broken a load of records this year they mm-hmm. broke one of the biggest existing ones was the 19 wins by a team that mercedes had in 2016 16 16 yeah so yeah they were 19 out of 21 um that year and red bull have obviously won 21 out of 22 <laughs> so Asual. yeah and then never mind their record for the most points by any constructor in a season which yeah they also absolutely annihilated you're absolutely right you can't not be the team of the season you can't build the most successful car in f1 history and not be named team of the and season. not be yeah no, absolutely and so deserved yeah absolutely deserved obviously i'm more with you mon where i'm like oh but i'd like to talk about who i thought actually did well so you know we talk about mclaren as well massive turnaround mm-hmm. for them aston martin even given where they were last year and obviously there was that massive dip in the middle but they still also had a phenomenal year actually to say where they started at the coming out of the coming out of the gate so yeah i i think you're right though you can't not absolutely applaud red bull for an incredible incredible and not only incredible car a phenomenal team their strategy has always been on point they've done really 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 well mm-hmm. if it wasn't red bull hannah who would it be McLaren. They turn around from the beginning of the season to having to retire one car and limping the other car home to fighting for podiums, getting a sprint win with a rookie, doing, you know, as well as they have while collecting and hoarding sponsors like nobody else can is impressive. It's been a really interesting thing that's come out today, maybe yesterday. Yeah, exactly. Went where McLaren is saying that when it comes to 2020 four and beyond they're going to have more input into the engine with mercedes because obviously they have a mercedes engine mm-hmm. maybe not obviously they do have a mercedes engine and um, they are going to have a bit more input into what that looks like rather than just getting a finished product that's been a big thing that i think zach's been negotiating this year as well so yeah an interesting one and hopefully the cars all start a little bit more competitively next year building on from this year and we can go forward from there it's because it would be really nice to start next year where we finish this year in terms of development because the cars all seem a little bit closer together and it seems a bit more competitive unless you're hard in which case it really doesn't but it's actually been great towards the tail end of the season so hopefully we can start there again so okay other things that we 
wanted to kind of pick out is favorite moments so favorite moment on track and favorite moment off track talk to me what have been some of your favorite moments and you want to go first you want me to go first uh, you can go first i need to think about this one okay so favorite on track moment probably oh i want to say probably singapore when carlos towed lando home which because it shows that you know the sport is more than just you know racing there's clearly mm-hmm. you know relationships there's clearly strategy the only other thing that i would say is the mathing that Char- that charles did in his car on sunday <laughs> and the fact that it didn't work out broke my heart because that was genius yeah absolutely he genius and the fact that he had to come up with heart. it on his own but it's exactly the same as your strategy for carlos like he did the way he kept lando mm-hmm. in his drs to stop george from being able to get lando to get him well then it was against george it was against george too <laughs> well but it was another ferrari driver which maybe tells you things about the ferrari strategy team and that the drivers do a better job but anyway i'll leave that one on the side mm, so that kind of leads into my one of my off track i have a couple of off track moments one of them was that one of the title cards on f1 tv under carlos's name when he had to sit out because of the fuel pump issue it literally said strategist underneath his name fantastic i know it's not a media moment but like that is an off track moment um but we'll i'll move that's that's technically on track so i'll let Mm -hmm. Mona go with her on track moment before we do off track see mine would have been carlando podium if we were gonna go like on track moment yeah but to switch it up a little bit honestly probably having daniel ricardo back in the car just because he was such a big influence in like me getting to the point where i like the sport as much as i do so mm-hmm. other than Carlando podium, it's probably having Daniel Ricardo back in the car and being like, "Yay!" Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Have you done both? Have you done your off track one as well? No, neither of us have on track one. Oh, just being on track. My on track one is probably one of two things. It's either the Alex Albon DRS train, which just ten out of ten loved it, but closely rivaled by Lando leading laps at Silverstone because oh. that was just so good. Or Alex leading laps in Qatar. Yeah. Or Yuki leading laps in Abu Dhabi. Yes. We all forgot about Yuki that. Yuki leading laps in Abu Dhabi was Yo, JK. just awesome. But like, yeah. Yuki! And the amount of pictures people took. Alex that. and Yuki leading yeah. laps. JK, I changed my answer. Yeah. So, but for me, like Lando leading them at his home Grand Prix, just awesome. Like really, really awesome. I did also really, and I know it's easier with stuff that's more recent because I don't massively remember back to like the start of the year very well. But I did really enjoy the Fernando Checo last lap battle. I did really enjoy some of the battles in Vegas. It is when it's been a bit more exciting, I think, on track. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Lando leading at Silverstone would probably be up there as a big highlight. Okay, off track. Okay, so this one's like technically off track, but it's not like current season related. It's really to when I oh, I'm so going to say this one just because it's funny. It was when I was working on my thesis and I was watching Cars for funsies, aka serotonin, as I worked on my thesis. And I've seen Cars, you know, my entire life. And you know, at the end, after Lightning wins his Piston Cup and 
Radiator Springs becomes Radiator Springs. He doesn't win. He doesn't win. Jake Hicks wins. Oh, shit. (laughs) You're not wrong. But, like, you know. Anyway, yes. End of the film. Yes, 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 yes. yes. I just felt the need to clarify. Important clarification to make, Ellie. You are correct. I've watched this film a lot of times. I can recite the entire soundtrack and most of the film. So. No, it's important fact track to make. But, you know, when, you know, you get the Michael Schumacher Ferrari going to the shop. Ariel Michael Schumacher Ferrari. I remember when you found that and you texted us and I was like, <laughs> and it took me 27 years of my life to realize that it was actually Michael Schumacher. One, not just voicing the voice, but also who the hell Michael Schumacher was and why it was such a big deal. For Luigi, that Michael Schumacher Ferrari was in his car. Only and why follows both the Ferrari. He only follows the Ferraris. Like, oh my God. But like actual current season. Goggle games with Williams because you look like a T Rex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, the goggle game. The goggle games was good. So Very good. Those are my answers for off track moments. Off track moments. Ooh, Ellie, you want to go? Because I still got to think about it. Most of, I mean, the geography grill the grid was fantastic. The geography grill the grid was so so good. Some of the other grill the grids have been fantastic as well. Like they've they've done well with those this year. And then. The other one, again, recent, and so you remember the more recent ones better. There's another two. The Valtteri Bottas calendar, 10 out of 10, no notes. And the Charles Leclerc riding his personal trainer as a pony when he was high on painkillers that he then subsequently deleted from his Instagram story was iconic. Just amazing. You're looking at me like you've not seen it, Hannah. Did you not see this? I haven't. Oh, maybe I was at work. I don't know. It was Austin, okay. right? Was it at Austin? It, I, I think it was Austin. Yeah, he was. So he's high on painkillers, like an abscess in his tooth, and he films this thing, and everyone's like, "Yeah, I was at work this whole time." Then he deleted it. I will try and find a. Well, yeah, I'll try and find it for you. Well, and I then will send find it. it for you. It was so good. <laughs> it was great. What? Okay. All right. Off track moment. Sorry. Now you go to your off track moment. Maybe I'll have seen it. Who knows? I there was a lot. I'm just gonna put that out there. There was a lot of off track moments for me. Gal Games was really good. Girl the Good was always good. I think I have to go with either the most recent Red Bull Radios video, which came out this morning. Very recent. Because very recent because Max is showing that he's just like us. And that he remembers Everything that we remember. Yep. <laughs> Everything yep. and every place. Radios. Oh, yeah. My friend Laura this morning, she was like, how does he remember this stuff? I went, I know where all of these were, too. <laughs> it's just, you remember when you live it. Like, yeah. like when you live it, you yeah. remember. Especially when you're physically there. Like, But other than that, goggle games were good. I want to say, oh, when Oscar and Lando decided to do country music, um, fill the fill in the blank challenge. That's probably my yep, favorite. That was good. I, as a that country was music fun. fan, I was like, boys. And and boys. when Lando decided to do some karaoke to Taylor Swift, oh, amazing, it was beautiful, a plus Lando start a record label. Love that, love that. <laughs> I think yes, that's oh, my favorite off track. Love that. Well, okay, adjacent to but not exactly the same. And I will force you to pick one. Oh no. 
favorite driver radio of the year. Um, this is a crime against us. It's not a crime. I know which one it is, but I can't remember exactly uh, what he said. And I am going to go find it now. I'm going to go find it now because I know exactly um, which race it was. I know exactly which one you're going for as well, and that was mine. Uh, I was just I was going to say Charles because uh, why is it always me? That's just oh, depressing. That sad. Look, that's the one that sucks down. That's not our favorite. That's the one that stands out to me, okay? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Charles. <laughs> you were going for George's sweat one, weren't you, Hannah? No, I wasn't. Oh, oh that one's oh, a that's funny one. It's a good one. I I was, George is George? one of my favorites purely for his radios. Like, that has to be said. Purely for his radios. I love George Russell so much. But no. Oh, it's the sassy one that he did, that he sent off in Monza. Something about, oh, I can't do much because I've got a car up my ass. <laughs> yeah, can you not? Uh, like, I've got, I've got a car right up my ass. <laughs> I'm gonna find it because I can't remember what he said. The one that he was very British on that he's like sweet nor or whatever. He said something that was like very, very British. Mm, Oh, he's always really British. And I was just like, (laughs) oh sugar. And someone's like, who the hell's Nora? Oh, bloody Nora. Yes, and someone's like, who the hell's Nora? Like that's me as an American. Yeah, there's that. There was Max's send them my regards. I said I was only gonna let you have one, and I'm now spouting off. There were there were there were a lot of good ones this year. Carlos is. I know it is on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one too. Yeah, that, to be fair, George this weekend was very funny as well because he goes, "How's Lewis doing in his race?" And he's like, "Yeah, he's having his own race." He's like, "I don't care about oh, his no, race. No, I want no. to know about the constructors." Literally, I started laughing really That's hard. Funny. We all knew what you were asking, George. I started laughing really, really hard when he said that, and my mom was like, "Why is that funny?" And I went, "You clearly haven't been paying attention to his radios all season." <laughs> I find, I find them very entertaining though i find him very entertaining so yeah there's been some there's been some good radios this year there's been some good fun stuff going on any other things any other like highlights of the year what was your favorite race Ooh, my heart's yes silverstone just but i think that's just because i have a soft spot for silverstone not because i would say like oh my god hands down best race i mean i went to miami this year but yeah singapore singapore is a good one Singapore broke my heart. But I, Singapore is a good one. Yeah. I would potentially say Qatar Sprint Race. Just because that's the one. Yeah. I found the radio. But, I mean, hey, it imagine me it? say it. Vegas was a good race. Vegas is a great race. race. It was a great race. Yeah. Can we, make, can we work on the ticket prices? Yes, please. We Yeah, please. we've said all the things we want to work on with that one. But it was a good... In it terms was, of like race. competitive racing, Baku also was pretty decent. Like mm-hmm. Baku, I remember being quite good. That was our first episode. Was it, just it was. Baku, you remember? Yeah, it was. It was. How wild! Wow. Oh, I found the radio. I have my submission. I have my submission for favorite radio. You can quote it to us. That's not. And I quote: "This is a Monza. I don't know if you can see it, but I've got a car right up my ass." He probably said oh, ask because he's British, but yeah. Technicalities. Yeah. Technicalities. Yeah. Hannah, favorite race? Miami? You say Miami? I said Miami. Well, okay. I went to Miami. Miami was my first race yeah. in person. However, I will admit the racing wasn't pristine. That's a because... kind way to say it. <laughs> what do you want me to say? I'm not going to smash. I'm not going <laughs> to. I know. It's like, like I said, it's a kind way to say it. I think. Oh, I had one, and I said, oh, this is my new favorite. 
and I don't remember what it was now, and that that kills me. I could say definitely not guitar, <laughs> but let's go with either. Hmm. Oh no. Well, Zanvort was good. I'm gonna say Zanvort for now because it was chaotic and there was a lot it was of racing. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of racing. The whole weekend was really good. But I'm not really sure if it's my favorite. I'm sure it'll come back to me right when I don't want it to. Because I have to filter we'll through we'll, we'll everything. Yeah. I have to filter through everything. There's a lot Ellie. of races that are going on now. What's your favorite? Qatar Sprint Race. Oscar yeah. winning. Oh yeah, you did say it. You see you did say it was. Yeah. Sleeper pick was definitely the upside down pig. Yeah, the upside down spider pig was also not so bad. No, I mean, there's been a lot, of, a lot of criticism about this year of how it's been boring racing, of how it's not been as fun, and how it's not been as good, and all of that. And I think, truthfully, when you reflect back on it, yes, of course, Max was incredibly dominant, and we've already talked through all his ridiculous records. But it was still there were still really good moments of the season. There were still bits that I would rewatch. There were still races that I genuinely did really enjoy and obviously i'd like to see it be more competitive next year in terms of at the front but we've still had an incredibly competitive grid in between like this year i think the reliability was way better particularly in comparison to last year we didn't see half as many grid penalties engine penalties or anything like that one, had... i think whose was that carlos yeah and that was obviously kind of out of his hands Max had a gearbox penalty in maybe one of them because he had a five place grid drop. But for the most part, the reliability has been so much better. We've had three races that all 20 cars finished, which doesn't sound like that many. But a lot of the other ones where there weren't all the cars finishes were because of accidents or collisions. No, not not this year. It was last year, maybe? Australia, no. Australia was like an absolute mess. It was a mess. It was a carnage. But a lot of those things were crashes rather than reliability issues there were a few obviously there's always some that were like oil leaks engine failure and things like that but for the most part the reliability has been so much better than it was last year obviously after the race on sunday no one was allowed to do donuts except max because they were all concerned that the gearboxes and power units would literally mm. just make it at the end of the year and they had testing but yeah for the most part i thought the reliability had been loads better this year. One thing I will say that became incredibly apparent for me this year in terms of rules that may, you know, need to be looked at and things like that was Park Fermi. Mm -hmm. So I think we saw more than ever before, particularly because there were six sprint race weekends, that there are huge differences between qualifying and race pace. So, so many teams, like I say, especially on the sprint weekends, if they got their car set up wrong from quality, they had no chance to change it. And most notably recently, you look at the qualifying of the Williams in Vegas and then you look at their race pace and huge disparity between the two. Alfa Romeo were another one where their qualifying and their race pace didn't seem to match up. Haas as well. Some of the lower end teams didn't seem to be able to always convert good qualifying results into good race results. But I thought that was really interesting to see where Park Verme make such a difference because i think red bull a lot of the time sacrificed qualifying pace for race pace because they didn't actually get the most poles in the seat well maybe they did get the most pole but they didn't actually get as many pole positions as they did race wins because they didn't always prioritize the car for the saturday what that meant was they were fine on a sunday but 
a lot of the other cars seemed to really have huge differences between those two. Mm-hmm. Which leads me to my final question before we wrap up this delightful 2020, 2023 recap. If you could change one rule Ooh. for next year, one thing, either something that you know is potentially on the cards, I know there's stuff on the cards for changing format for sprint weekends, the stuff on the cards for like things like tyre blankets, development, all of those kind of things that are floating around. But if you could change one single rule for next year, what would it be? Reverse grid for sprint races. That's all I got. Cool. Yeah, I would, I would have to go with, I want the sprint races to be more attached to the weekend itself. Making them different makes them, then make it a separate championship. Like, why? Yeah. Well, you don't think they should make it a separate championship. No, if they're going to do that, they need to make it a separate championship. Like, fine if you want more racing. Don't care. Have fun. However, if you're going to have these two events and you're going to make the same drivers do it and you're not going to have two separate championships for it, why? Why would you do that? It's the same car on the same weekend in the same venue. Attach it. Make it more like the original F2 and F3 ones that they're used to. Mm-hmm. So how would you do it? How would you do a sprint weekend? I really liked the original format. What were sprint qualifying set the race for the sprint, set the grid for the sprint, sorry, and the sprint results set the grid for Sunday. Yes. Because because the backmarker teams that didn't necessarily have the power in qualifying had the ability to make up positions in the sprint race Mm, sure so from what i understand the proposed schedule separating it even more yes and no you have friday sprint quality sprint race for saturday morning saturday afternoons normal quality race on sunday so they just rather than the race bits straddling or sandwiching the sprint bits and the sprint being its own isolated event on the saturday it kind of gives you a bit of the two. And I would imagine the park Fermi will apply from qualifying to race both times, but then you could change things before second qualifying on the Saturday afternoon, which I do agree with, because I think them being in park Fermi all weekend on a sprint weekend this weekend, this year that we've seen hasn't worked at all, but I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see how they do it. And I guess we'll see how it works. And I, I guess we'll also see where it happens as well, because I think their choices of venue this year were not great personally or would you rather have a sprint race <laughs> definitely silverstone yeah i would definitely do a sprint race i'm surprised they didn't have one this year i don't know if they can with all the feeder series that go on but in theory it's the same number of sessions so i don't see why they wouldn't where else would i do it maybe monza i thought that one worked really well i think i think the classic tracks are better for racing and I don't like sprints on a street circuit. I don't think it works as well. I don't think the racing's as good. I think you've got it. If you're going to do sprint weekends, it needs to be on tracks where it's easier to overtake, in my opinion. Because otherwise, what, what's the point? Otherwise, everyone just goes around the procession. But, like, one thing I would say, don't you dare do a sprint weekend in Monaco. It'll be good. God help me. Exactly. So, yeah, I think I would just like to see it some more of the classic tracks. Maybe Imola. That was quite a good sprint. Yeah. Uh, Brazil's a given. Brazil's a phenomenal every yeah. time. But I wasn't a fan of Qatar at all. I was a fan of the result, but I wasn't a fan of the intensity You're of that weekend. Course. Austin, I was a bit hit and miss on. 
Austin, I liked it just because it was different and it was mm-hmm. the first time an American race has been a sprint race. I also liked the thing with Austin being that there weren't any feeders. Well, there was F1 Academy, but there weren't loads of feeder series. I think sometimes you can have too much on a weekend. But mm-hmm. I think particularly on weekends where there are less support series, it could be a good way to really give people as much out of the weekend as they can get. But yeah, I I think there's a lot of I think they've got a lot of options. I just would like to not see them all right at the end of the year as well. Because we had what of the last five, three were sprint races. That's too much. Yep. Spread it out. We have so many races. Particularly I and I would ban them on triple headers as well. That's fair enough. It's too yeah. much. But they're just my thoughts, guys. <laughs> but otherwise it's been a delightful season to watch and learn along with you guys i genuinely have learned so much same i really have and yeah i i look forward to doing it all again next year now it's the off season we're obviously not going anywhere we've plenty of stuff to learn about so we've got some really exciting things coming up in the future dropping probably in the next few days we have a little spin-off for us which we're going to be covering a little more about f2 side quest um, about F2. So what we're going to do is that episode is going to focus on recapping the championship battle that we just had, recapping the final weekend, and also looking forward to 2024 in F2, which we'll touch on on and off as we as we learn things. But we wanted to give kind of a dedicated episode to a little bit of an F2 23 <laughs> roundup. So yeah, other, other than that, that's all from us. I hope you have a lovely non-race weekend. Try not to miss it too much. And see you all soon. A quick thank you to all of our listeners. We got our Spotify wrap today. We love you guys. Thank you so much. And we see you Yay. next year. Yay. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you've got any questions on anything we discussed today, or if there are topics you'd love to learn about with us in the future, then we would love to hear from you. You can get in touch on Instagram at PrettyGirlF1 Club and on Twitter at PGF1C or follow us on TikTok at PGF1C. See you soon!